This week on Erotic Awakening. Cunning Linguist. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. This week, we are talking about the art of eating pussy. Yay! And not too long ago, we did a show on blowjobs. So mm-hmm. this time, the shoes on the other foot. Sweet. Or the tongues on the <laughs> other <laughs> hole. I don't exactly. know how to put that. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> we have an interview with somebody from the uh, Woodstocks event that we just went to. Mm. And uh, it's really interesting. And we'll, we'll tell the story a little in a little bit. But we walked by a tent and we heard all this moaning. Mm-hmm. So and we 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 picked the right person to interview for this. <laughs> uh, we did indeed, as we found out when we actually looked to see what all the moaning was about. Yes. But before we get into that, real quick, I want to mention that uh, well, we don't have a lot of time to podcast right now. We are uh, on our way back to day two of the Ohio mm-hmm. Valley Regional Leather Contest. So it was awesome. We went last night for day one and got to see some people step down from last year and others present. What is it? Their, it was their formal, formal, formal barware, right. right? Oh, formal barware. You're yes. quite right. So, and um, listen to them answer some very odd questions. <laughs> Hopefully, I will never get a Lady Gaga question. Like uh, one of the questions yesterday was, if you were a Lady Gaga song, which song would you be? And the uh, person who had to answer that question actually had a good answer for it, I assume. I don't know what a Lady Gaga Oh, song no. would be i have to admit i'm a little not too hip to the popular music no not at all so we just kind of looked at each other and went oh <laughs> i happened to hear that we happened to have slave gem with us and i heard her whispering to the side with something about the different song titles that she would come up with so oh, well. apparently we are the ones that are not hip <laughs> exactly other than that, the only other thing I want to mention real quick is that uh, a couple episodes ago, we uh, interviewed Miss Kiki from the Leather Heart Foundation. Yes. I was quite uh, taken with the whole idea of the Leather Heart Foundation as I did the research for the interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it happens, I am now the group liaison or one of the group liaisons for the Leather Heart Foundation. Sweet. I think you'll be great at it. I hope so. And I hope that I can do some good to a very good organization. You yes. Can, you could find out more about the Leather Heart Organization by going to leatherheart.org if you were so inclined. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just a great idea to, um, again, open people up to the idea that although a lot of things that we do is just for fun. You know, right. We're doing an episode today on eating pussy. We've done episodes on... <laughs> Uh, sucking cocks and and other all kinds of fun stuff right Right. but there's an aspect to this that says we are also beyond that a community and a Mm -hmm. community takes care of its own and this is an opportunity for us to be able to do that so that should be pretty neat so and you know last night at the contest at the first day of the contest that was a theme that came through over and over and over again that we are community and you know, everybody really enjoys the community and the family. So it's nice there's someone out there that can be there for people that are struggling. Yep, very true. And other than that, we have a, uh, a question of the day is, uh, has to do with a protocol and slave training. And as it happens, since I have uh, both you and Slave Gem here, we can yes. tell if 
you'll be able to, to tell the audience if I have a clue about that question or not. <laughs> I think you have a clue. <laughs> Put something big, hard, and vibrating between your legs. Kinky? Ride a bike? Join us for a nice long cruise up to Utica, down through the Hocking Hills, and then back to Columbus. There will be lots of fun and excitement as we spend the day riding the beautiful roads of Ohio. AIS Lifestyle Motorcycle Ride takes place on Saturday, August 14th, 2010. Head over to adventuresandsexuality.org for details. Today, Slave Jim has joined us to talk about the question of the day. And the, what is the question of the day today, Dawn? The question of the day is, what is the best way to start creating a protocol slave training? That is an interesting question. It is. And you can come up with the, uh, an answer to that from a variety of books. For example, mm-hmm. right now, I see that I have Bob Ruppel's Master-Slave Relationships next to me. And he talks extensively about master-slave training. You can find pieces in some books, probably SM101, I think has a little brief piece mm-hmm. in it. Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns has a little piece in it. So, and there, there are some other books. Very few are just about master-slave relationships, though. But when I prepared a slave training routine for Slave Jim here, it, I didn't get it out of a book necessarily. No, and it was very different from the one you used for me, too. With Slave Jim, I went through some mainly my experience of the past. Mm-hmm. The first part of coming up with your slave training is understanding the goal of slave training. Are you training a sex slave? Are you training a complete slave? Are you training oh. an administrative slave? We've got some of that from Miss Abernathy's training book. So she's got some, um, some ideas of the different types of slaves. She doesn't cover all of them but she at least gives you an idea of what to think about. Mm-hmm. And then once you've come up with your idea, once you've come up with an idea, an understanding of what kind of slave you're training. And I think most people that we hear feedback from on this podcast have uh, in mind a, a full-time relationship, right? 24-7 mm-hmm. slave that is, is also their companion. Yes. So that seems to be the case. So the kind of training you would do for that versus a occasional weekend sex slave mm-hmm. or somebody that comes over and feeds and waters your pets and takes care of your house, going to be somewhat different. Right. So you, you just got to know what you're looking to create. Or you also need to know your slaves, well, yours and your slaves, um, strengths and weaknesses. That'll play a little piece in how you want to train as well. Jim, so when you became my slave, and we signed our little contract. What was your expectations from a training perspective? What did you expect to learn to be able to do or come out of this with? Was there a skill set you expected? That's a good question. Um, because I was so new to the experience, I really didn't know what to expect. I knew that this was something that I needed to do like I felt internally that it would be very good and I'd figure out you know just how submissive I was Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure how much in the way of expectations I had because I just I didn't know I've seen you know so many different things and this is really my first time Mm -hmm. experiencing a you know an MS power exchange relationship this tight so to me it was kind of you know just sort of explore yourself and see where it takes you for me the uh the answer to the best way to start creating a protocol slave training is to, uh, it's, and I steal this right from the business world, is 
think it, say it, write it, do it. Mm-hmm. So first we thought about it. We said, what would it look like? And then we talked about it in length and we had a couple of different discussions at a neutral territory. It happened to be a, either an Applebee's or right. uh, something like that. Who knows? Who knows? Something mm-hmm. like that. And just getting an idea. Do, you, do we understand the language the same way? And talking about what it would look like in general. Um, right, because you you guys had to go over since she wasn't living with us. I mean, there were some basics that needed to be covered, which were would be different with each situation. So with each couple, with mm-hmm. each relationship. So you know, just had to define it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so we thought about it. We talked about it, mm-hmm. and then write it down. And for me, the the base of starting with a protocol or training regimen is to start writing this shit down. Because yes. you don't want to get six months into it or three months into it, or if your mind's like mine, six weeks into it. Right. And forget, oh, I forgot this whole thing where you're supposed to ask your my permission before you use the restroom. Mm-hmm. You know, where and then, you know, the whole foundation of it, once people once you stop communicating, you know. The, uh, oh, I thought you were going to do that. Oh, you never mentioned that I don't do that. While the other person's thinking, oh, I forgot all about that. Or they don't think about it at all. becomes, you know, starts a conflict. Right. So think it, say it, write it. So write all this shit down. And, and for me, the, the complexity needs to be kept at a minimum. The best way to start creating a protocol or a slave training is keep it simple. Start with some tasks that take you through the entire day. Don't have to be complex ones. Don't have to be things that have a high risk of failure so that, that they have to devote hours of, you know, making sure that a certain thing is done in a certain way. What you want is that feedback to be built that I'm telling you to do something. You do it. I right. recognize it. Right. So and something I recommend, too, is when you are first getting together to talk about this, and this isn't going to work for every relationship because of the different styles. But um, when you first get together to talk about this, to see if things are going to work, to see if things are going to click, to see if you guys have the right idea, the right definitions, to do it on a peer level. Mm -hmm. You know, even though um, at heart you are master and she is slave, you have to kind of do it at a peer level because as slave, we like to um, make our masters happy. So we have to really look at ourselves and see what it is that we want. And that can be difficult sometimes. So once you cross that hurdle and you get into, okay, this is what we're doing. Exactly. Make up the protocols that run through the day. And that's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if, you're, if you're just getting started and you want something really basic and really simple, here's what I would start with. I would start with a formal good morning every day. Yes. Whether you live together or whether you live apart. You know, and if you live apart, you can do it via email or some other methodology, phone call, um, I'm not a big fan for IM for anything formal, but to each his own. Okay. Now, see, I, I have a little disagreement there. I know how I would like to start the day with being a live-in. Blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Which is why you should be sla- training your own slaves for <laughs> exactly. that sort of thing. Um, and then and Jim just mentioned uh, texting as a possible way to, again, for me, that's a little not quite formal enough. Right. Texting is very um informal to me Again, I, I don't care what you you got you know anybody I love, the, I love the formality of the emails though I love the the taking the time to I, I know a lot of people don't agree with the whole um uppercase lowercase but I love doing the uppercase lowercase I love saying good morning sir 
and then the formality of the writing and remembering to use lowercase for me and uppercase for you. It just kind of sets the tone of the letter and of the day. So that's what I enjoy. I think we're going to end up just doing a whole podcast on this topic. I think so too. So let's end our question there. Uh, there's a good way to get started on your protocol slave training and future information in a future podcast, apparently. Absolutely. Love it. So today's topic for this podcast is eating pussy. A favorite pastime. <laughs> I'm glad. And, and it's nice that, by the way, for anybody out there that's in a committed relationship, it's nice when your significant other, in this case, my slave and wife, agrees with my enthusiasm for eating <laughs> pussy. I just got to say, that's a nice. It's a good thing. <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, uh, the term cunning linguist is a cute little play on words. Mm-hmm. Apparently attributed to Robin Williams. I don't know. Cunning linguist, though, or, see, and it's a tough one to say. There's a lot of things you can say for sucking cock, blowjobs. Uh, you know, there, there's a, still a lot for eating pussy. There's licking carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, I just had another one pop into my head, and now it's gone. So, uh, oh, eating the taco. So, licking the taco. Okay. Um, so, the, the muff diving. See, I kind of I'm partial to muff diving, but I yeah. think that's a fairly <laughs> old one. I think that was just about from that. the from the seventies porn. Jim, uh, are you familiar <laughs> of any of the the newfangled ways of saying eating pussy that we're not that us old folks don't know about yet? Bald taco and mustache rides are the two that come to mind. Mustache rides is a good one. Mm-hmm. The uh, interesting though, I mean, you know, and we talk, we're sitting here giggling about it, but did you know, Don, that the uh, that cunnilingus has a uh, a revered place in Taoism. Oh, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. Well, of course, uh, and you and I actually do some sacred mm-hmm. sexuality studies, so we're fairly familiar with this. But the uh, some people say the aim of Taoism is to achieve immortality or longevity, believed to be happening by in keeping your seminal fluids. Right. And um, of course, being a, a way to a male can ingest additional uh, vaginal. Fluids would be kind of linguists. Exactly. So Taoism says, hey, I'm all about the eating mm-hmm. pussy. And, you know, we know people that this is um, very sacred to them. So to join their temple, um, well, I've been eaten by their priestess to join the temple. So and that was a lot of fun. And um, the same couple also practices that every day on a spiritual level. As a matter of fact, I seem to recall we have a, uh, a particular. What is it? When, what's it called when somebody has an org? Uh, somebody comes in your puss and then you eat the puss and you eat your own cum. Oh, see, I want to say cuckold, but I don't think nah, that's it that's at all. It. That's not it at all. So I don't remember. All right, writer. All right, listeners. <laughs> I was going to say writers, but all right, listeners, write us in about that one. I don't remember what that term is at the moment. Uh, kind of linguists, uh, it's really funny if you read about it on Wikipedia, they give you not really advice, but right. they, they talk about how you can, um, if you wish, you may insert your fingers and or a sex toy into the vagina, which allows for simultaneous stimulation of the G-spot and or of the, into the anus while you eat the pussy. I would not recommend thinking like that no. while eating the pussy. Oh, no. But I have to admit, I've never tried this one. And I don't think to my knowledge. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know if either you two have received this. What? While someone is eating your pussy, having them hum. I, yes. The same guy that did the ABCs. <laughs> it seems to be a swinger trick. In our interview, we, we hear somebody talk about the ABCs mm-hmm. and how they don't think it's all it's cracked up to be. But Mm-mm. I've never had the whole humming into a puss. I had the humming and the, the blowing on. Well, blowing on's good. But Yeah, it's all good. Right, well, we'll have, I like the munching. <laughs> Just go in and, and, and enjoy the plate. <laughs> it's really interesting, though. You know, some people uh, prefer more of a slow, regular... Um, Eating, mm-hmm. and people like yourself prefers a more vibrant, yes. bitey, chewy, mm-hmm. nom, nom, nom. <laughs> um, you know, and, and one thing I'm going to have to mention, you know, uh, for you, we have found that, uh, n- I don't want to use the word biting, but nibbling right. the clit, mm-hmm. effective. Yes, I would nibble, think... nibble, don't break the toy. Jim, <laughs> <laughs> I do not know what look that is, whether that's the never bite my, nip, my clit or, oh. Nobody bites my clit. It's been so, such a long time since I've had any cunnilingus done to me that I'm not even sure I remember what the sensation feels like, to be honest. Oh, crap. <laughs> Again, er- Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com <laughs> to uh, assist with Jem's training. <laughs> if you listen to our Master Slave segments, you'll realize you got to go through me first. Other than that, I do want to mention real quick that many medical professionals advise the use of dental dams when performing or receiving cunnilingus, mm-hmm. and uh, especially if it's obviously if it's a partner whose STI status is unknown. Right. Right. Now, some time ago, we interviewed somebody who created a product called a Spodnock. Do you remember the Spodnock? <laughs> I remember the Smodnock. I just Smodnock. came. Is that what yeah, it is? Smodnock. It's condoms spelled backwards. I don't know if we ever... Did we ever publish that episode? No, we didn't. It just so happens that we have a few smodnocks left. And a smodnock is a... Uh, it's a tongue condom, basically. Right. It's this this deal you put over your mouth, mm-hmm, right? And <laughs> there's a, a, a finger for your tongue. Yeah, it's kind of like it form fits to your tongue. And doesn't it like strap over your ears? It does. So it holds it all to your chin and like all the way up to your nose. So. From, from a safe sex perspective, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Andy was going to come out with ones that had little vibrators on the end of the tongue. I haven't looked that up to see if we, he actually uh, came through not, with that. We have not gotten a hold of one of <laughs> no. those. We do have a few spot knocks left. So if any listener out there would like to try a spot knock, we will be happy to send you one with just the request that you try it and call us and say, hey, here's how it worked. Yep. Give us some feedback. And uh, we'll put that out there. Awesome. Now, you've never used a dental dam, or have you? Um, no. So I, I've never used one. It's uh, interesting, the one that you and I talk about quite often. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I are quite the, um, have the ability and right and do play with people that are not you and I. Right, right. But since I don't use a dental dam, that means I rarely get to partake in this pleasure. <laughs> So we have, within our um, little poly family, we have mm-hmm. decided to be certain rules. And for right. us, oral sex without protection is off the list. Exactly. You know, I mean, a lot of people say, well, of course we use condoms. But for us, you know, for the, the STI risk of oral sex is great enough that anyone who's not within our little fluid bonded group. Right. That's what not, I was going to point out. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the result of that is... Um, 
a lot of us don't have oral sex with anybody except those within our fluid bonded mm -hmm. group. And what we found is a lot of people find that it's just a little, it's too cumbersome. Right. Um, yeah, I, that was actually interesting in the uh, swing club field research that I did. Because mm -hmm. I told the person that I hooked up with that we use safer sex for everything. And I had to stress everything. So we get together and um, he's like wanting to eat me. And um, I'm like, well, did you bring anything? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, everything. He goes, oh, so I can put on a condom and fuck you, but I can't eat you. I'm like, not unless you can figure out how to do it. So yes. <laughs> and that was just very confusing for him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, the funny thing to me is we spoke with a couple um, at the Beltane event we went to some time ago. And mm -hmm. these cats, one, I, I remember he was 70 years old and an HIV activist in Africa. Yes. And he and his wife would travel to Africa and they would help uh, with the, the AIDS epidemic over there. Exactly. And I asked him, well, dude, you know, you're, you're a nurse, you're an AIDS activist, you're a swinger. What do you mm -hmm. do about oral sex? And he says he doesn't use uh, protection for oral sex. Right. Does not sway me one way or the other, but I thought that was interesting that uh, that's the first health professional swinger combo mm -hmm. that I've met that said, eh, it's not that big a deal. That's, right. That's surprising because a lot of people don't realize this, but your lips are a mucous membrane. That's why you mm -hmm. get sick when you kiss people is because you're picking up all those germs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can pass things, you get bacteria specifically. Um, Herpes, not so much, just because they tend, most people tend to have the oral version anyway, and so that kind of resists the STD version. But, I mean, you can still pass things. That's really surprising. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we were told that I didn't know was prior to having oral sex with someone, you should not brush your teeth. Mm -hmm. Yep, we did learn that because it breaks open the membranes in your gums. Mm -hmm around your teeth and makes openings. Yep. If you're OCD like me, I'd advise afterwards, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I think okay. I brush my teeth afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> at least before kissing somebody else. Yeah, Depending. yeah, I guess, I know. Depending, I just had some little scenes run through my head. <laughs> That's true, if it's good enough, like, I think the first time I ever had it done, and I was really nervous about it, but it was so freaking awesome mm -hmm. that I, my OCD didn't even kick in, and it was like totally made out afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, that was awesome. Yeah, and I will say that there's there's an erotic aspect of that for mm -hmm. um, some guys and maybe some girls too. If a woman will make out with me after I eat her pussy, mm -hmm. uh, I find that to be somewhat um, not just erotic, but almost bonding in a yes. way. Yes. You know? So, and seeing after I get eaten, I love to kiss. Well, I was getting ready to say the guy, but the person. Because <laughs> right. it could be male or female. <laughs> I have to admit, I have a little bit of a perversion that after eating some other stranger's pussy, mm -hmm. I would not bother me to kiss you directly afterwards. Ooh. Prior to you getting to ask. <laughs> Yum. What'd you just do? <laughs> just kiss me and see if I pick up on it? Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. And then have me guess. So we're like, I think we've just taken the opposite stance on the whole safe sex thing if we're having this come do with things in this way. I know, I know. Well, there's fantasy, so, but uh, we have our safer sex policy. So as we were walking around in Woodstocks or just mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago, we heard a bunch of moaning coming from the pleasure tent. Mm -hmm. And over there, we saw a particular woman orally servicing particular other women. 
Now, see, it was even hotter for me because her mistress was making her do it. But she seemed to really be getting into it. Her mistress knew her very well and knew that this would really. Yeah. Oh. That's like her mistress was making her do it the way I make you suck cock. Oh, I say, yeah. all right, suck, suck my, and you've already got my pants down. And away we go. We're sitting here at Woodstock's 2010. And one of the things, I was trying to get a little sleep last night, Dawn. And, and one of the things that was keeping me up was the moaning and groaning. Uh -huh. And I wanted to find out who was causing that moaning and groaning. And we so hunted we, her we, down. Yep, we came up here and started asking around. <laughs> and um, okay, and uh, introduce yourself, please. I'm Miss Leanna's slave, Heather. And Heather, my understanding is, and I'm... I'm going to pretend I wasn't sitting there watching you. <laughs> you are, are quite skilled at the, um, uh, what is the nice way to say eating pussy? Kind of, I can't even pronounce it. The cunnilingus, kind of, I yes, think it's called. It. <laughs> I try, I try. So is it something that, boy, this just sounds kinky. Have you been doing this for a long time? Um, yeah, probably 14, 15 years. Okay. Yeah. And, and is it something that you just you're just naturally good at, or have you studied cunnilingus? <laughs> is it natural for you? I'd like to have as much practice as possible. That's Field good. research. She's good. Yes. Field, yes. Research. Field research is good. <laughs> Do you, are there techniques? Is there somebody like if I wanted to eat pussy and I've never eaten pussy before? Is there some techniques you would say, Dan, you need to make sure you do? How about the ABCs? I hear that's good. <laughs> the ABCs. Yeah, I heard that when I was like about 16 and. I don't know. I, I, I have tried it. I have tried it. Um, and tell us what the ABCs is. It's the alphabet. You have to tongue the alphabet on. I heard it was the clit. So okay. that's what I okay. did. And if there was a particular, uh, you know, letter that they liked, then I guess you stuck with that letter. So I would just say every woman's different. I have discovered that. Um, Slow is always nice. Work your way in. Kiss the thighs. Kiss the lips. Lick around the lips. Um, most uh, women I've been with, like their lips opened. And uh, just work that tongue around all the little hooks and crannies. Okay. <laughs> um, are, are you a muncher or a, a get-to-knower? <laughs> um, I'm a get-to-knower. Okay. And, and then it depends on the girl. I, I like to feel a girl out and, and see what she likes, see nice. how her body reacts, you know. Okay. okay. So. I, I, I'm kind of curious about this one. Do you think and do you believe in general that, that women are better at cunnilingus than men? Yes. Aww. Yes. Yes. What about slightly feminine women, men? Actually, um, my, my sister... Sorry, I'm so crushed by that comment that I'm never going to get... I'm not playing this episode on the air, by the way. I just want you to know that. Yeah, my, um, my sub-sister, uh, who is biologically a boy, is probably the best pussy eater, you know, biologically male pussy eater I've ever been with. Okay. And I've, I've been with quite a few guys. But, uh, yeah, Ellie's a pretty good girl. Okay. So. Now, I, I want to ask you one serious question. Are you worried about STDs? Do you use barriers of any sort? Do you use dental dams? Um, well, I, nor I don't just, you know, randomly pick girls. Or it's usually girls that I know. Um, so, no, I've never personally used a dental dam. Mm -hmm. Mistress is a safety girl. We have them in the toy bag. Um, I, if I'm going to eat pussy, I want the taste. I want the feel. You know? Okay. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I guess I, you know. Okay. Fantastic. Now, as it happens, now, 
just because we say you're good at eating pussy doesn't mean you are. Yeah, so I, I we tried to find someone to do a testimonial. And, and your name is? Victoria. And Victoria, is she lying? No, she is not lying. How would you describe her pussy eating skill? Um, let me see. Uh, started off a little nice, mm. and she got so aggressive. Um, and it was absolutely one of the most delicious experiences I've ever had in my life. I agree. It was delicious. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, thank you, Victoria. Thank you very You're much, well. Heather, oh. for speaking with us today. Thank you. And uh, I think if perhaps I, uh, in a dark room with blindfold, if I were to draw a pussy on me somewhere, do you think I could fool you? Um, I highly doubt it. No. <laughs> Sorry. Well, can't can't stay can't blame a boy for trying. Yeah. No, but you can throw me in a dark room. <laughs> I got. <that. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming up next week, basic slave training. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Bye Jim. Hi. Erotic Awakening is proud to support the Leather Heart Foundation, a nonprofit organization created to provide charitable assistance to individuals of all sexual orientations in the leather, BDSM, and fetish community. You can donate or find out more at leatherheart.org. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Sarah Sloan appears on Erotic Awakening courtesy of Love Your Parties. Find out more about Love Your Parties and Sarah Sloan at www.sarahsloan.net. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.